Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration reminding our listening audience that we are streaming live at klgo.net. And, of course, in the studio with me is my first love gal, best <laughs> gal there is, a first lady of love, founder, creator, and director of Love Talk, Miss Evelyn Davison. Good morning, Miss Davison. Well, good morning, Missy Svana. Aren't we formal today? Well, yes, we always oh. are. As I've, I noticed you brought your white gloves. and uh, Oh, no, no. <laughs> Just red fingernails today. Probably uh, most of you don't remember what it was to carry white gloves around mm-hmm. on a Sunday afternoon, but there are those of us who are old. Old enough. Well, that's to remember Sunday tea. <laughs> I am in that category. You know, it is uh, it is a wonderful day today. We uh, we're moving fast into the holiday season, and uh, it's exciting to know that uh, we are where God's planted us to be, and uh, we are in the love field that uh, we know is bearing fruit. And we've had an exciting week again, Cindy. I, Every Saturday, just go ahead and pinch yourself. I know. That's why I'm blue. Uh, Every week, we talk about what an exciting week we've had. And it's not that we've had an exciting week necessarily, it's that God's been busy. Oh, gosh. Has (laughs) he not been busy? That would be an understatement. You know, I started my week wading through this myriad of uh, administrative detail. And now you and I. In ministry, there are parts of it we love better than other parts, right? Mm, now, there's right. some parts. Mine is love. the people part. Right. You love that. Now, I can hold up and do the administrative part and be pretty happy. But when it's a mountain of it and mm-hmm. it looks like it's never going to, you know, you're not going to be able to even touch the surface of it in your lifetime, it can be overwhelming. But I had felt like, you know, as a good steward and I needed to wade down this road and so I began to call the hundreds of failed males that are on mm-hmm. the Texas National Day of Prayer database. And so, and, you know, and it, it has different varying results. But anyway, I, I, I was really, you know, praying as, uh, as a steward of time and mm-hmm. things like that. Well, I ended up calling this number and this little tiny voice answered on the other end, and it was frail. And I kept saying who I was, and this voice kept saying, what? What? <laughs> anyway, it turned out I was calling this saint who had been doing National Day of Prayer, and she was a 100-plus years old. A hundred, I've got a way to go, Cindy. Yes, you do. You, you are just a youngster. Oh. Anyway, so Miss Brown tells me how she had started National Day of Prayer in Grapeland, but now how she has, a, she's, you know, severe problems with sure. hearing and seeing and being mobile. She said, but you know, these are the best days of my life oh. because I can stay in my house, be with God, and pray for this nation. Well, of course, you know by that time I was like, okay, God, I get it. You know, this is not an administrative detail mm-hmm. here. This is the details that you are in. So I called the the woman, the young woman who had taken her place, Evelyn, 
and uh, to make sure that Miss Brown had gotten something for her hundredth mm-hmm. birthday, I was going to get her a Texas flag oh, or yeah. something from the governor's office. And anyway, but I so she answered. She answered the phone. Her voice was more frail than Miss Brown's, and I was like, Uh-oh. Amy, what is going on with you? And she said, Oh, I was just resting a little bit. We had just come in from getting Miss Brown her groceries, and I finished chemo this morning. Uh. And I was like, you know, the children of God are the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. Because here were people in the circumstances of their life, and they had not lost sight of who God was. They had not lost sight of what it is to be a child of God. They were not off course. They were not down so even though they were down in the the minute details Mm -hmm. of their life, they had not let the discouragement of the day dictate who they were in God's heart and God's sight. Cindy, that's a beautiful story, and that's what our our major discussion and dialogue is going to be about today are the details of life and uh, how it is that the enemy of Easter gets involved in that often in our time. I... I understand uh, what you're talking about because it, the older you get, the, the, your hard drive gets full, your brain gets overloaded, your memory's overloaded, and you get to the point you think, can I take on one more fact or one more thing to do? And I can understand where Miss Brown is at 100 years old because I'm getting there fast. But you know, the, the exciting thing is, and we're talking about living the hallelujah life is what we're talking about. And that comes from Psalm uh, 111, where Jesus is presented in a way that we can understand who he is. It's much like what Isaiah says in, in the book of Isaiah, is that he is the present one. He is not just someone that is promised to us, but he is actively involved in our life to bring us to that level of thanksgiving and praise and really giving honor to him in every detail of our life. I had a a really uh, unusual experience this week also. I had a problem. Now, I always have problems. (laughs) In fact, I took 75 pounds of stuff to Office Depot this week to have it shredded because I just didn't have time to pull off uh, credit card numbers and things off of stuff. And so I've been going through 30-something years of National Day of Prayer data, you know, paper stuff. And when I got, finished that, I thought, boy, Ellen, you have really accomplished something. But I had this problem at my credit union. And so I thought, well, I'll run over there and get that done real quickly. And then I've got another. You know how it is. You just run from one thing to the other. And so I walked in. day. Mm-hmm. So I I waited and went in, and this young man that waited on me, and I mean he waited on me, uh, had an unusual story. I he asked me what my problem was, and I described it. He said, "Oh, I can help you with that." And so he began to ask me questions, and while he was waiting for his computer to come up, he said, uh, "What is it you do? Uh, what is the Good News Journal?" And so I told him it was a publication that we have published for uh, we'll be starting our 18th year in January and it is uh, inspirational patriotic and so he said oh that sounds interesting and so he went ahead and we worked on a little bit more and so I said well tell me about you what is it 
you know, how is it that you're here and what is your nationality? Because for more than 30 years, I tutored English as a second language for international uh, professors and doctors and so forth so they could pay their general. So I recognized that easily. He said, I'm from Russia. And he told me where. And he told me his name. And I said, well, how did you get to Texas? He said, I am in federal banking. I was in federal banking, and I was given an opportunity to come to A&M and get some advanced. A Russian A&M. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some advanced training. And he said, the first thing they told me is my English was not good enough, and I had to have someone help me. And he said, I, I, I didn't know what that was. And he said, I had this young woman. He began to help me mentor me and he said we became fast and good friends and then he said after a period of time he said we begin to love each other and so he married her but before he married her she told him she said there's only one problem you have that we have to get fixed before we get married and he asked her what that was and she said I cannot marry an unbeliever and so he said well I've always wondered about God but I didn't know how to reach him and so in the course of the conversation, she led him to the Lord Jesus. Now, presently, they are working with an organization that's called Bridges International, mm-hmm. which is Campus Crusade. It's now mm-hmm. called Cruise. And uh, he uh, he is so excited about the daily details of his life. He works at that bank, but he can't wait to get off to begin to be who it is that he, you know, God's designed him to be. And so what he said to me in the course of that conversation, it was very, very quick. Uh, and he had to lower his voice because when those little cubby holes, you can't talk that in, in a public arena. He said to me, I, I watched you before you came in here. And he said, I knew there was something different about you. And he said, uh, I, I knew from when you told me patriotic inspirational that you are a Christian and I said, well, that is so true. But you know what? We don't always have to tell that. That's why we say on Love Talk, in the Good News Journal, in National Day of Prayer, that God is with us. He is Emmanuel. He never, ever leaves us. He is present. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, Cindy, is how it is in our life that we can get to that point that we don't see God. But what happens? He's working. He's putting the pieces together. He's bringing us together with those that he wants us to encourage, even though we are dealing with those devil details every day, mm-hmm. every day. You know, Evelyn, we are going to come back and we're going to talk about the, the Emmanuel principles, the principles of God with us. We're going to talk about how you don't have to be like the world to impact the world, how you don't have to be like the crowd to be in the crowd. It's not about being in the in crowd, but being in the up crowd. We are I love that, the our, up crowd. We are going to take our break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about, you know, is God like a soap opera king? Is he up there watching as the world turns? This is Love Talk on the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the blessed and beautiful word. That is 99.3 and 98.5, Information with Inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I on uh, www.lovetalknetwork.com. You can catch up with us at ndpaustin.org and texasndp.org. You can pretty much just get on Facebook. You can just catch us on a number of different avenues. We are uh, really blessed to be in the studios talking with you today. And Ellen, as you, you did a beautiful job of introducing through the stories the concept that we've been talking about. We had a series that we did for almost a year, Jesus the Promised One, where we really wanted to cover the basics of the incarnate life, the everyday life of Christ Jesus. We're, you know, as, as usual, it is our, our greatest hope that we would unpack and break down those religious barriers, terminologies that make you feel far away from God, and yet to bring them down to the place where they're understandable and, and applicable to our lives. And now we're introducing this new series uh, Jesus, the present one, and of course we're gonna we're gonna do that under the new covenant that Jesus established for us, which is, you know, that one He would come to to finish the work mm-hmm. on the cross to purchase you and I to ransom us and to pay a debt that you and I could not possibly pay, and then to stand in in front of His disciples who were already lamenting the loss of a perceived King, who then announces to them, "But I'm." I'm leaving you. And, you know, here they are being turned upside down with the idea that that he wasn't the king to establish the physical reign in Israel. And now the next breath after appearing to them uh, during the season of ascension, then appearing to them and saying, but I have to leave you. And what does he do? He said, I have to leave you because I'm sending you a gift. Mm -hmm. I'm sending you one who's going to live in you. And, of course, this is the new covenant, the Holy Spirit around which we are really having this conversation. Because, yes, of course, Jesus Christ is in heaven, seated seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you, as as stated in Romans 8 and 34. But he has sent to us the Spirit of God to abide in us that we might not only know God's perfect revealed will in the Word of God, but the living word of God will mm. come to abide in us. And so we've covered several principles in this. We've, we've talked about, of course, you know, the present God, the creator, and we covered all that through Isaiah 46 where he says, I, I formed you, I made you, I've upheld you from the beginning. I'll continue to rescue you, the present God, the great I am. And the fact that God's purposes stand, the fact that he's not a far away, far off God, distant God. He's not that clockmaker God who's put things Mm -hmm. in heaven. And one of the things we're going to begin to address now as we talk more about prayers, not only is he not the clockmaker God, but he's not the Santa Claus God. Absolutely. But today we're talking about what it is to live that life. That hallelujah life, mm-hmm. that life in the presence of God, that Emmanuel, God with us life, hallelujah time. And I know you've got a great uh, example of uh, what what it is that we're normally thinking. Well, Cindy, you know, you as you get older, <laughs> you, you keep harping on that. Well, 
because I have a little more time to think these days, I guess. When, when life gets difficult, we begin to perceive that we've either done something terribly wrong and the Lord has kicked us out of his kingdom mm-hmm. or that, we have our, that we're a fraud. You know, yeah. we don't really have the power of his spirit actively involved in our life. Uh, I grew up in an unchristian home, and my mom was a diligent worker. She, um, I, I work hard, but I could never keep up with her in her younger days. But there was one part of her life that she held to herself. And that was at 11.15 every day, Portia's wife came home, Armal Perkins came on. It was a soap opera, and it was sponsored by Oxidol. And I remember that so well. Uh, and she brought into her life the excitement of the lives of two other families because it. I was born in the Great Depression, and those were really, really hard years. And food preparation was really difficult if you didn't have a garden or you didn't have a cow. And she had so much work to do, but in her own um, identity, she wanted to know what was going on in the outside world. And we are a lot like that today. Uh, I know later as TV came along, as the world came on, and she watched that every day when my son David was two. As he, the world turns? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He, he would want to uh, be outside playing when I was, you know, working or doing something, going to school. Uh, and she wouldn't go till after as the world tur- turns was off. And he would just get furious because he wanted to rake leaves or play in the swing or whatever. That I was thinking about that this week because the world is turning around us. And a lot of important things happened this week. In history, we are going through a very uh, defining process. But in the life of a Christian, we are not to be discouraged. You know, the economy is bad. Families are in great st- great distress. And so what what we see, I do believe, in this time that we're living right now, is the double-barrel shotgun of what we call the Ds, those difficult Ds of life every day. And those we know come from the, dev- the devil's daily details. And some of those are, uh, first of all, is discouragement. Let's just talk about a few of those, Cindy. (laughs) You know, once a person is discouraged that God is not present in their life or they don't see him, then that leads to other things. First of all, it leads to disappointment that we are loved by God and that he's caring for us. Secondly, it sometimes leads to that point we think God's rejected us, this denunciation. And then we even begin to wonder, has he deserted me or have I deserted him? Or there's degradation. We think, okay, I'll just leave all this stuff and go live my own life. And, and even we get to that point of denial. But all of this brings us to that second set of the double Ds that we have. And one of those is desperation. How does desperation fit into this pattern we're talking about, Cindy? Well, of course, you know, desperation can define you in a couple of different ways. Evelyn, I have the... Uh, awesome privilege of of being a part of a family group that every week when I go, I feel like I'm going to the Christian Comedy Club. I mean, they're just the funniest. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Funny, ha-ha, or funny, weird? Well, just all all of the above. (laughs) 
And we, you know, so I leave there usually with my jaw hanging open, but we've had a young couple who's identified with all of us really old guys, and um, they are in, they are baby Christians, but they are in a place of desperation. Oh, really? You know, in their lives, they have, they have lived on the streets. Uh, he was shot up by heroin at the age of 12 in order to uh, make him obedient to those who wanted him to sell heroin on the streets, both in, through the addiction and through just being, you know, stoned. And, you know, the, the life they've led is so full of desperation. It's not the desperation of their imagination. You know, sometimes we live and believe because our mind has our our mindset is unhealthy and it has told us we're in a desperate state. It has continually assaulted our soul and said this is desperate. This is always going to be this way. It is never going to change. Or if you've lost your most precious things in life, you, will it ever be the same? Will it ever be what it was? But here are two baby Christians who have known what it is to live a desperate life. Mm-hmm. And there are many people, as a matter of fact, your mom growing up in, in um, the Depression would have known what desperate times yes. really felt like. Even as I grew up and polio was rampant and children were being mm-hmm. struck in, in the afternoon, lay down for their nap and wake up in the afternoon not able to breathe or walk. I mean, there's been a period of time in the history of America where people knew what desperation was. Sometimes our paradigm in today's America is if I if I don't if I can't hold on to my four hundred thousand dollar house or if I can't hold on to my comfort zone, then I'm in desperate times. But occasionally we still meet these people who are trying to kick the habit of heroin or trying to get off the mm-hmm. streets. And I will tell you, I have met a desperate couple. But they will tell you first and foremost, what are they desperate for? God. You know, that's the thing that is so exciting about the Alleluia life, Cindy, is that when he is at resin in our life, when we've come to that point in life where we have invited him to come in and live his life in us, to begin to transform us into the love image of who he is and who he wants us to be, then we can begin to understand what it really means to be actively loved and cared for by the present one. And Jesus Christ is the present one. His name was Emmanuel, God with us. He never leaves us. And what we're going to do is we're going to follow up now and talk about, even if you are desperate, even if you're in the middle of a disaster, even if you are facing death, even if you are really in a dilemma and you don't know which way to turn next, or if you're just totally depressed, We've got an answer for you today, and it is called the Alleluia Life. We are going to take our break, and we're going to come back, and, and we're going to talk about if you're a believing Christian, are you a receiving Christian? This is Love Talk on the Word.
Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed studios. That is KLGO, the word, 99.3 and 98.5, information with inspiration. Reminding our listening audience that we are streaming live at klgo.net. Also, you can catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com, texasndp.org and ndpaustin.org and in there you'll find just a number of links to take you to the things that Evelyn and I are both involved in and uh, we appreciate you and uh, get in contact with us send us an email and in the studio of course with me is First Lady of Love and Evelyn you know you and I you taught me something early on. What was that? ABCs? Yeah. Well, which at first I thought, well, what is that crazy woman talking about? Because I would come in here and in the early days of our partnership, you know, I would do what I've done today, which is have way too many sheets of pieces of paper, you know, to make sure that it was all lined up just right. And I knew you could talk out of your heart. I wasn't convinced I could talk out of my heart. And so I needed everything down on paper. And then, of course, we'd come in and something would always happen. <laughs> and so one day you said, Cindy, I, you know, we're, we are working towards being on the C plan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, C plan? What are you talking about? The river I, of life. Right. I'm, I'm trying to work on plan A here. And so you taught me something in that moment about the simplicity of life, the ABCs of life. And uh, the A plan, which is oftentimes the plan that we hold tightest to. And then there's the B plan, and sometimes the B plan can be that hand wringing. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes even be that folded hand, you know, oh, Lord, help me, help me, help me. But then finally you get to the C plan, which you've explained beautifully to me to say at different times is Christ's plan. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of the things that I've been reading lately, Henri Nouwen, who was, who's just recently passed away, a Catholic priest, talks about those positions of our hands that when our hands are closed and grasped, and we're saying, basically we're saying to God, is I'm holding on to this just like it is. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes when our hands are folded in prayer, we can find our hearts shaking our fists at God. Absolutely. But then you have that place in your life, that that C plan place in your life, that Christ plan, where you find yourself with your hands open wide and saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. That's really what you're talking about is we're introducing this hallelujah life because you notice hallelujah is that place of praise where you're standing before mm-hmm. God and you, you're, you're open-handed and open-armed and open-hearted before him and saying, thank you, God. Well, that's why we call it Alleluia time. It's from that scripture in Psalm 111. Uh, and uh, he says that his generosity never gives out. Mm. His mir- miracles are his memorial. And, Cindy, that, that's been a billboard on my heart this week, even as I, as I visited that young man from Russia. You know, his miracles, that is a miracle for a young man to come to America and not be able to speak English. Go to A&M, find someone to help him, then find somebody to love him, and then begin to be a part. Get a green card and be a part of this great nation. That is the aspiration, uh, I would say, of 75% of the world and people in the world today is that they would have that kind of story. That's the kind of story that we call the Alleluia time. Because in that psalm it says the good life begins 
in the fear and knowledge of God so that you'll know the blessings of God and that his hallelujah lasts forever. His joy lasts forever. His presence lasts forever. Now, I'm at that point, you know, and you keep telling me I'm taught, you know, t- I'm, well, I'm not I'm just, old. I'm, I'm not just, old. I'm just I, deaf <laughs> to that kind of conversation. I, I'm not old. I keep thinking about, you know, where I am in my life and what it is that I have yet to surrender mm. to him so that I can be all he's designed me to be. And that basically is what we're calling the Christ plan. You know, as we prepare for this program and all of the things that you and I do together, whether we're writing a book or we're, we're speaking or we're training or, or we're leading, we start out with what it is we think God wants us to do. We put it on a piece of paper or seal it in our heart and mind, work toward that plan. But then when we get in this studio, or we get before a crowd or before a TV camera, then we get Christ's plan. It doesn't matter. Our outline is here, but it does not matter to us because that is his time. That's hallelujah time. And hallelujah time is a time of joy in serving wherever we are, whatever we're doing. And there are a lot of people that do not know how to do that, Cindy. What does it take to live that kind of life? Well, We've set this up in our conversation by first undergirding it with the promises of God. Making clear to people that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of God's promise to both heaven and earth. Unpacking the nature of Christ both as God, as deity, and as man. As talking about the everyday incarnate life. But, Evelyn, in talking about the present one, so we've we've established there this foundation that you have a God who delights over you. Mm -hmm. You have a God who loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. We we all know that scripture backwards and forward. But can we remember it in the daily Mm -hmm. details of life? When that young man is, is born in Russia, do you think that every step of that journey towards that moment at A&M where he sits across from his wife, do you think he knows every moment from mm. A to Z? No, he doesn't. But Alpha and Omega, Alpha and Omega. knows every moment. And so when we're talking about this, and we have to move from both the idea of the promised one and the present one. You have to know that you know that you know Mm -hmm. that there is an intended life of God. There is a purpose for God for each of our lives. And, and And what are we about? Are we about perfecting that plan? Are we about making it the plan A for our lives or the plan B? No, it is about the open handedness of our lives where we surrender our will to God's will. But you cannot really surrender your life until you until you have a firm grasp on the character of God. And so we're going to step through a couple of these uh, principles of the character of God so that the people who are listening to us can continue to infuse their soul, infuse their spirit, mm-hmm. to recognize who the character of God is. And, and here's one that I dearly love, and it is this, 
comes from John 5, 17, Evelyn, and it, and, it, and it says this. This is where Jesus speaks this. And he says, my father is always at his work to this very day. And I, too, am working. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's where people in America, I mean, this would be so easy. People go, well, yeah, then, I mean, i got to get to work. Yeah. You know, I'm, i got to get to work. If God's going to be with me, then, you know, I'm, I'm, i got to get to work. Well, of course, we want to be good stewards of the gift of God, but that's not what this, that's mm-hmm. not what this scripture is about. This scripture is about the present one that he has a plan and a purpose. When we surrender our lives, we come into alignment with his plan and his purpose for our life. The general said that well this week as we heard at the Capitol Fellowship. So he is always at work, never growing tired, and meeting our needs. And so his promises, his plan, and his power are available to us as he continues to work in our life. Christ's intercession in heaven is about God's working in our lives. Is it us working our will out through our prayers and our petitions to God? Or is it us coming open-handed to God to make our lives available to the intercession of Christ? As Christ intercedes for you in in heaven, Evelyn, Mm. he's speaking the promises of God that were written in the book of life on your behalf from the very beginning. You can either have it your way or you can have it his way. Well, Cindy, that is um, really a concept that is um, in jeopardy in America today. Uh, because there are many who think that God has just written America off. Uh, so as we experience these daily details, the day, daily deeds we were talking about, we it is so easy for us to read what's on the TV or here on the radio. And I would say to you that you're listening to us today, be careful about what you allow your ears to hear or your eyes to see. Or interpreting the signs of the times. In either a nationalistic viewpoint Mm -hmm. of, oh, you know, where we are is is where Christians are in total fear and anxiety. Or, Evelyn, they believe that America is so special that God wants to to bless America above all else. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those are a biblical viewpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we're talking about God is at work uh, or Jesus is at work, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father directing and correcting and inspecting our lives as he prays for us and really gives charge to the angels that are in charge over us. We don't often see that. We don't think about that. As a child, you know, we'll show a picture of an angel and say, you have a guardian angel, he's watching over you. But there is a concept here that we have removed ourselves from in that regard, and that is that we're not in this life alone. He is with us. He is ever-present with us. When we come to that personal relationship with him, and he comes in, our body becomes the temple of his Holy Spirit. And so the other thing is, is that he not only is at work, but he's doing the right thing. And we don't understand that. We don't appreciate that. But he is doing the right thing for Evelyn. You are absolutely right. I still think in many ways people either look at the cross and see it literally as empty, yes. meaning 
you know, Jesus is gone. God's or that God's he's on the cross. It's not a finished or work. Or he's on the cross, and and he's still that kind of fallible guy who couldn't quite get himself off the cross. And so, even in Romans eight thirty four, when we talk about the intercession of Jesus, is it that Jesus is pleading in some kind of uh, ineffective way? You know, maybe he'll get his way. Maybe he won't. No. He's the word. The word was at the beginning and the word is God. When Christ is in heaven making intercession, what he's speaking in heaven is and will be and always will be. Well, the next one that he always lives to pray for us, and you've already mentioned that with Cindy. He'll never leave that throne of mercy and grace. It's like the Bema seat that Paul talked about in Acts where we run the race of life. And we're going to get to that place where the rewards are. We're going to come back. And let's talk about that, Evelyn. Let's talk about the mercy seat of God. Let's talk about running that race with God and how it is we get our second wind. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vanna in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, The Word Studios. That's 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration. Reminding our listening audience that we, Love Talk is streaming live right now, klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com. And Evelyn, uh, gosh, you said something right as we went out on break, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take long. Uh, because we're in our closing segment where you talked about what is it like for us to return again and again to that mercy seat of God, which which Christ has established in, in heaven, which mm-hmm. he is actually seated upon. Right. And what it is for us to turn to that again and again as we run that race of life. Well, Cindy... <clears throat> We go through seasons of life. We live in different love fields of life. And that that's not just with age. <laughs> it's with what it is that's going on in our life that the Lord himself has brought into our life. You know, we had a granddaughter that got married just recently, and they're establishing a new home, and they're so excited and uh, just trying to get all the things done. Her name changed uh address labels, all of that stuff is part of that excitement of new love and a new life and a new love field. And then it changes when we have children and it changes when they get in high school and they start dating and your life gets more complicated. And that's when some of those devil details come in. And and then as they begin to go off to college and begin to explore life for themselves, that is what we call the circle of love, the circle of life. Uh, And it comes because that's the way that the Lord has planned it. But in every season of life, in every love field where he plants us, he is actively involved. And we may not know it. We may not feel it. We may not see it. But when we have separated ourselves from him in some way, you know, sin does that. It doesn't steal our salvation because he is our salvation. But it does stop the blessing tree. 
from blooming and, and bearing fruit. The blessing tree is the life that we live that others look at to see how great God is. And so when we know that we are, you know, we have separated ourselves from him and have chosen our way instead of his way, even though he is at present in our life in the power of the Holy Spirit, we still have an audit with him. But he says that he is the, our advocate with the Father. He pleads for all these things to come back together, for all of this that we're talking about to come back together, to bring us to that place where we recognize that. He doesn't leave us. But that is called the Bema Seat. Paul talked about it in the races that man, you know, they ran in the sports races. It was always the Bema Seat where they would put on the, the fig leaves or the olives leaves showing that you were the winner. Jesus is the winner, and we don't have to worry that he's going to quit in, in, the, in our race of life because he always does the right thing, and he always lives to intercede for us, to direct and correct our life in a way that we would be on that joy trail that we're talking about, living the hallelujah life that people can look at us and see how great God is. And so we have to stop and ask ourselves, what is it? That that gives us that special gift. First of all, it's Jesus' resurrected life. He is not a dead warrior. He is a live, living presence in the power of of heaven. And not only is he that, he says, you know, in this going away passage, he says, the same power that raised me from the dead, I do what? I leave with you. And that, you and I live in time but are made for eternity. Mm-hmm. The same power that resurrected Jesus Christ is available to us. And by that, it doesn't mean that we become the small g God. We become mm-hmm. our own idolaters, nor is it that thing where we're we're exercising, you know, uh, on earth to, to build, a, you know, the kingdom now. And we mm-hmm. build a bridge and then Jesus comes. No, it's the yeah. resurrection power. That is the unbroken link between that beam of seat, Mm -hmm. between earth and heaven, between God and man, between Cindy Vaughn and Jesus Christ. That's the resurrection. And I have the choice to live either the crucified life, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm going to wearily pick up my cross today and go about my life. Or I see that cross as the life that Christ has laid out for me Mm -hmm. joyfully. Praising God, picking that up, knowing I'll live it in the resurrection power of Christ Jesus. And we're going to talk more about that later, Cindy. But when we know that Jesus Christ gave his life for us, and he is resident in heaven, interceding for us, correcting us, directing us, inspecting us, well, then we know that we become a transformed person. Every day we get closer to what it is he designed us to be. But not only that, we are a transformer. People look at us and see the power of God actively involved in our life. So we don't just experience transformation. We become a transformer, a a person of light that can bring light into the darkness of our world. And that's why our lives are so important. That's why Love Talk is so important on this station. That's why the Good News Journal is so important. That's why our friends, the Gandhis, who are here today, videotaping us are so important it's the message that we give to the worlds around us and that message is interpreted not by how downcast we are but how it is that even in the hard times even in the downtime the d's of life 
that we look up and know that our strength comes from heaven. And the other thing is that it is in that process that he brings us to the point that the scripture called sanctification. But we call it the hallelujah life. It's where he says in his word, you know, hallelujah. You know, you are a monument. You are a monument that people are putting their lives in front of in our lives as we have become that transformer. So, you know, as we would say to you today and you're listening to us, uh, you can have that. It is available. Cindy, it's free. You know, there are going to be many, Evelyn, who are listening to us who are caught in those in those daily details. You and I have daily details. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and we may be in a season right now but where we're not hospital or bed bound, but we spent the summer, both of us, <laughs> in, the, in the details of life. But, you know, uh, regardless, let's just paint that word picture again. You can go through those daily details. With your hands white-knuckled white through life, Evelyn, like you're on that plane ride mm-hmm. from hell. The one that you're not sure is going to land or are you going to fall right out of the sky. We can go through life with that same attitude, white-knuckled. I'm going to somehow, I'm going to get through it. I'll grit it up. Or we go through it with our fists clenched and we're whoever's going to stand in our way, I'm going to take care and take them out. And sometimes we even raise our fist to God. So no matter where you are in those details, if you want to know this life of hope and mercy, this hallelujah life right in the middle of, of where you're at, you can do that. Well, C- Cindy, we keep things simple here. And Jesus has made life very, very simple if you want to be who it is he should designed you to be. He, first of all, is the A. You acknowledge that apart from him, you don't have life. You don't have power. You don't have his presence, that you are separated from him. And then B, as you come to believe what we've talked about today, and as you're listening to us, right where you are, if you're scrubbing your floor in your kitchen, or you're in out in the garage cleaning out the garage, or taking packing up 75 pounds of junk, or if you are on the highway, maybe you're on I-35 and you use that holy scanner that has landed you on this radio station. We have a word for you today, and that is Jesus loves you, and he has a plan for your life. You cannot have done anything in your life that he has not paid the price for. So we would ask you today, just simply, if that's where you are, that you would stop and say, I want to believe Help my unbelief. I recognize that I do not know you, and I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I ask you to come into my life and give me this life that Cindy and Evelyn have talked about today, the joyful life, the hallelujah life, that life of praise and thanksgiving. And as you would believe that, then you need to confess that and say, Lord, I confess to you that I need you and I invite you into my life, that I can begin to live that life that you have designed for me. And as you do that, the scriptures tell us plainly that the power of God's Holy Spirit takes residence in your heart, in your life. Your body becomes the temple of the power of his presence, and he will never leave you. Life won't be the same. It'll still have daily details, but you will have the source of the power that you need to be who it is he's designed you to be. 
Cindy? Evelyn, it's been a great day. Maury and friends, thank you for coming in. This has been Love Talk on the Word.